Hello and welcome to Fresh Dialogues. I'm Alison Van Diggelen. Do you ever pinch yourself? Sometimes I'm so happy that I became an accidental journalist. I pinch myself. This week, more than ever. Interviewing people like Elon Musk, Richard Branson and Meryl Streep is thrilling. Being in the same room as the Dalai Lama or witnessing the first solar-powered plane take off from a Silicon Valley runway is inspiring. But this month's assignment for the BBC outshines all of that. Raising awareness about a relatively unknown and potentially lethal syndrome and helping to save lives gives me a sense of purpose like never before. The syndrome is growing in prevalence and severity around the world and it can be avoided. This is a timely story about pot, addiction and how one tenacious woman found her calling. A California nurse named Katie Nava almost died from the syndrome, but now she's helping people recover. I was delighted when she shared her story with me. I gave up weed and I went to my Facebook page and, you know, I really think I found my calling in life. It was an unfortunate way to find it, but I don't know. I feel like I owe my life to the page, to be honest with you. I really do. We are spreading awareness. We are helping people. The impact of the COVID pandemic on our mental health has been brutal. The data is only now unspooling. Experts say it's just the tip of the iceberg. So if one of your coping mechanisms has been to use pot a wee bit more than you did previously, please read on. And please share this story with friends who might be overindulging their love for cannabis just to get through the day. And if you have friends in the medical field, please tell them about it too. Together, we might just save some lives. Keith Humphreys is a professor at Stanford, an expert in addiction and one of my favourite academic experts to interview. He sums up the problem like this. Everyone in public health, he says, needs to be engaged and not fall for the line that cannabis is unlike any other drug in history. Every drug can have a bad effect, he says. That's the reality of our experience, the reality of chemistry. Here's the report that aired this week on the BBC World Service programme, Health Check. The host of the show is Claudia Hammond. Now to a condition you may never have heard of, one that's rare, but that seems to be on the rise. It's called cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, or CHS, and it comes from very regular cannabis use. It can result in vomiting that is so severe that people are hospitalised. Where cannabis is legal, cases seem to be on the rise. In the US alone, as many as 3 million people may suffer from it. Yet the British Medical Journal has reported that on average a patient visits seven doctors before getting the right diagnosis. Our reporter in California, Alison Van Diggelen, has been to meet one such person. When Katie Nava had her first experience of CHS, she felt like she was going to die. It's the most painful thing. You want to commit suicide in the middle of an episode. The intensity made me nauseous. And then I would turn around and spend the rest of the day on the floor, dry heaving and vomiting and just in this excruciating, like doubled over, knotted up pain. Like somebody took a knife and just twisted it in your stomach and you can't stop it. We've coined the term scrometing, which is screaming while you vomit. You know, my pain was always in the exact same place. It's kind of right where your stomach and your esophagus meet. It's just on fire. And I, you know, my throat would always be on fire. Post-nasal drip all the time. For four years, Katie Nava, a licensed nurse in Southern California, was in and out of the emergency room and had countless appointments with gastro, ENT and other specialist doctors. She had CAT scans, colonoscopies and doctors even suggested surgery to remove her gallbladder. 
I started to really think I was crazy. They would say, there's nothing wrong with you. And so I essentially was getting labeled as like a drug seeker. So then it was like, is this in my head? Can't be in my head. You know what I mean? Finally, a nurse at another hospital recognized the symptoms and asked Katie Nava if she used marijuana. She was diagnosed with cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, also known as CHS. The first mention of CHS in the medical literature was not that long ago. In 2004, Australian doctors noticed a link between 19 cases of cyclic vomiting in people who used marijuana. Since then, cases have been recorded in the UK, France, Australia, the Netherlands, Canada, Spain, New Zealand, as well as here in the US. The bouts of vomiting, nausea and severe abdominal pain tend to impact long-term heavy users of marijuana, though some younger people who smoke concentrates only a few times a week have had it too. Dr Kevin Hill, a practicing doctor and professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, says more research is necessary. The precise mechanism of cannabis hyperemesis syndrome is unclear at this point, but it is thought to involve dysregulation of the body's naturally occurring endocannabinoid system. And so there are cannabinoid receptors located throughout the body, primarily in the brain, sometimes in the GI tract. Extensive use over a period of time may lead to changes in the function of those receptors. And so ultimately, the cannabinoid receptors that are located in the GI tract, in the gut, appear to be affected in a reverse way. And that's when abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting can result. As well as the nonstop vomiting, patients often experience dramatic weight loss, a rapid heart rate and dangerously low potassium levels. One piece of the puzzle that might help doctors diagnose it is if patients tell them that hot showers or baths help to alleviate these symptoms. So does Dr. Hill think it might be possible to identify those most at risk? There is very likely a genetic component to this because, again, most people who use cannabis at this level do not have this problem. And so there is you know, something particular to a subset of individuals who use a lot of cannabis that they develop this, but we don't know. But what we do know is that if you use cannabis in a very significant way, this is a possibility And if people present with these symptoms, then we have to get them to stop using cannabis, at least temporarily, then we treat them symptomatically. But if not appropriately diagnosed and treated, you know, we can have very, very serious consequences, unfortunately. It's been reported that at least two people have died from CHS, and the dehydration caused by vomiting can have long-term impacts on the heart and liver. Once relatively rare, CHS is becoming more common around the world, especially where marijuana has been legalized. Dr. Hill estimates about 3 million people have suffered CHS in the United States, and his hospital has treated thousands of patients. So I'm, I'm at uh, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, which is one of Harvard's teaching hospitals, and I routinely work with folks in our emergency department in a variety of ways. They're uh, seeing these cases more and more. Some ER doctors in San Francisco are seeing it on every shift. Other nurses in Denver see it about once a week, but it's on the rise. Keith Humphreys is a professor of behavioral sciences and a leading scholar of addiction at Stanford University. But the majority of American, the population at this point, has access to recreational cannabis. 
And uh, I would say probably at least 80, 90% have access to medical cannabis. There's always been a bit of a, a wink and a, and a nod about what medical cannabis is in the United States. THC is the principal intoxicant in the plant. And in the 1980s, 1990s, typical plant someone might use might have five, six, seven percent THC. Studies of the current legal market show that the average product has 20%. So it's dramatically stronger. And there are individual products that are, in fact, 50, 60, 70, 80%, different kinds of uh, things called uh, dabs um, or uh, wax extracts. And honestly, speaking as a scientist, I don't really know much what they do because they are really fundamentally novel products. And I wouldn't want to generalize what they do any more than I would say you can understand what it's like to drink a pint of vodka if you've had a pint of beer. Great uh, increases in the dose of a drug can have effects that you can't necessarily infer from the low dose. We've had a great increase in the number of people who use cannabis every day or almost every day. And that's another difference, perhaps tied to potency, that more people are addicted. But a lot more users in the United States than in the old days look like uh, cigarette smokers. Those people who, you know, are just kind of all day long have, have cannabis going. And that was really uncommon in the days of lower potency. Professor Humphreys believes that alongside people learning more about what they're using, healthcare professionals need to be aware of CHS to catch it early. People who work in hospitals need to be aware of the syndrome, and they generally are not. We need to have more public health messaging around cannabis in general to counter the industry message, which is, at least as far as I can see at the moment, it cures everything and it has no downsides. We don't tolerate that for other substances. We do a lot of public health uh, messaging around alcohol and tobacco because we know those can harm people. We need it uh, for this. And not just for uh, cannabis uh, hyperemesis, but lots of things like you know memory problems, concentration problems, the things you see you know in, in heavy users. Katie Navas learned the hard way about the risks associated with cannabis use. So, I mean, we've created this super plant. Don't abuse it. If somebody had told me, hey, don't smoke 20 joints a day, and then you could probably still smoke weed for the rest of your life, I would have listened. Now it's too late. Now I have completely ruined my body. My endocannabinoid system's wrecked, and I can't smoke weed anymore. It's literally a game of Russian roulette. It's literally a ticking time bomb. Giving anti-nausea drugs and replacing the minerals lost during vomiting with electrolytes are central to treating CHS. Antipsychotic drugs like Ativan and Haloperidol can also help, but the only proven way to cure CHS is to stop cannabis use entirely. Nava stopped two years ago and she even avoids foods like black pepper, truffle oils and broccoli that contain cannabinoids. Helping run a CHS recovery support group on Facebook keeps her busy. It was my AA meeting. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and it helped me stay sober. It was my exchange. I gave up weed and I went to my Facebook page. And, you know, I really think I found my calling in life. It was an unfortunate way to find it. But I don't know. I feel like I owe my life to the page, to be honest with you. I really do. We are spreading awareness. We are helping people. And But it's bittersweet at the same time because that means that many more people are sick. In Katie Nava's view, what else should be done? If a dispensary would just put a sign that said, hey, this is what CHS is. So that if someone came down with it, they didn't spend four years in misery like I did. Thanks again for listening to Fresh Dialogues and check out more at freshdialogues.com. Stay well and look after yourself and your loved ones.